Welcome to Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? I am your host, Kristen Sparks. I am the CEO and founder of Roar Inc. Voices Our Power, communications and connections company. I am a corporate and personal growth facilitator. I am an infinite possibilities and certified success principles trainer, currently working on my master certification for the success principles and my BVC coaching certification. I am a facilitator, author, speaker, and thought leader. I am a cancer, broken heart, body, and soul thriver. 2022 is a power year and all about living our best life. I may live with chronic pain, but I find joy in every day in the act of getting up and having a new day filled with infinite options, opportunities, and possibilities of success. Roar with Sparks, How Loud Is Your Roar is all about you. Come join the conversation as we gather weekly to share wisdom, insight, and value, learning from and giving to each other and our special guests, sending our vibration higher and charging each other up all while having fun. Can't wait to see you here. How loud is your roar? Well, hello and welcome back to Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? I am Kristen Sparks, your host. And this week, I am so honored to have my friend, Michelle Soro, who is the podcast host of Fire and Soul. She is part of the Podcast Accelerator, one of the founding members, and she is an amazing coach and mentor in that. And that's where I got started in my podcasting career. And she is also the developer and facilitator of the Soul Circle, which is this amazing mentoring group that I am just absolutely, I can't wait until the next one so I can be a part of it too. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being here today. I am so excited for my listeners to get to know you. Kristen, I'm so excited to deepen our connection and to be here with you in this moment. And yeah, I feel really excited as well. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were talking a little bit before we started, and this is a really exciting week for me. I do need to share with you that I had cancer two years ago and they put what was called a port in my vein so that they could do chemo and blood work and all of my scans very easily. And that port was removed this week. And that for me is the end of that era. So we can say goodbye to cancer. Yeah. (laughs) And hello (laughs) to whatever that opens up and brings. So Michelle, having you here this week is so special to me. And I know we did get to celebrate that very deeply uh, before we hit record, but we were talking about that, you know, and I was sharing with you that in my observation and getting to know you this past year and a half specifically, you embodied this outcome the moment or moments after the diagnosis. So while that's not a guarantee for everyone, because we've we've all got the journey of our soul and the lessons to learn within it, but it's so beautiful to see where you are in your journey and the joy, right? I mean, the, the sparks is authentic for you. So I'm celebrating you on so many levels and and deeply on this. It's just such a beautiful relief and blessing. Oh, thank you. It is. Attitude for me is everything. And in my journey, it has made 
these amazing changes, leaps and bounds of differences in my life between when I am positive and when I am negative. And we both know, having both been Canfield trainees, that positivity makes our path a little more enjoyable. Even if our outcome isn't what we think it's going to be or what we hope it will be, it makes the journey along the way fun. Even in the hardships, joyful, even in the quagmire, it makes it so that I can smile through the tears. And I appreciate that in you too. I have seen that through a multitude of different things that we have gone through in the last year and a half, learning and growing with each other and through each other. And I appreciate that smile that you have, that spark that you have. And so putting you here today on this podcast (laughs) is just like the exact right moment in time and space. And we both know with our soul journeys that the universe will put us where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. Always divinely timed. And when we can learn to trust in that, really trust in that, not when things are going our way. And so of course we'll trust in this, but like when they're not, that's the real work. I'm so with you on that. And of course I love Jack Canfield. He's my bud and uh, such a benevolent soul and such a kind, good hearted, sincere man who also has his own stuff, right? Because we all do, we're deeply human. And so I was thinking about what you shared about the positivity and the por- the importance of that. I went through something yesterday where I couldn't quite grasp positivity, but what I could open to was gratitude. That's like a game changer when we can't get to the positivity yet. We know it's, but it's like, okay, the bridge from where I am in sitting in this disappointment or this fear And to know where I'm going, which is always the divine realm, right? Everything works out for our highest and best, but I'm not quite there. So there's many stops along that bridge. (laughs) And oftentimes it's just, okay, well, what can you be grateful for right now? And I was like, oh man, that's infinite. My house, my breath, my fur babies, you know? Right. Right. And it's like, and that begins to fill my heart up. It begins to expand. And then that might get me a little further down the bridge uh, or over the bridge to like, oh, now I'm experiencing a little bit more joy and optimism and then positivities. And sometimes we can go right to the positivity. It's like, you know what? We got this girl, but sometimes we just don't got this. And it's okay to be with ourselves on every step of the journey. That's what I'm learning the most right now. That's why this feels so divinely timed for me is to be with myself every step across that. This month for me has really been learning the law of allowing. Yeah. That just allowing the time, just allowing the space, just allowing the feelings, whatever they might be, even the the memories just to play out the way they need to so that I can find my way across that bridge. And I love that vision of a bridge because there are times when you're not just going to, oh my God, life is so good and everything is wonderful. You're going, 
life right now truly is hard. How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I put my foot in front of my other foot so that I can just move? Might not be forward. Sometimes it's sideways. Sometimes it's back so that I can sit with it for a second. Sometimes it's totally in a circle. I love that bridge of getting to where I need to be next. Yeah, you know, when you mentioned soul circle, I was thinking about the work that we do in there and it's exactly that. There's month two, which is the integration piece, which quite frankly is missing in a lot of self-development. And I say that with no judgment. I'm a junkie for it, always will, was raised on a steady diet of it. But what's often the case is we're taught this beautiful teaching. Uh, we're like, yes, I love the bridge analogy as an example, right? But then how do we integrate that? How do we take that insight, that aha, that concept into our daily life? And so what I love about this idea of meeting the selves work that we do, it's a body of work that's really big and way too much for a quick podcast conversation, but essentially it's when we are in that overwhelm, when we're feeling restricted, tense, anxious, which is everywhere in the world right now, it's on steroids, it's so amplified, there's so much fear. It's just to give ourselves a chance to be heard, give that lower self, shadow self, inner child, just a chance to be heard of like, okay, what are you feeling? Like really pause, take a breath, feel into your nervous system. What needs to be heard? And oftentimes what I did yesterday, I was like, oh, wow, it's so loud. It's so noisy. You are crying out. And what it was is I'm scared. Because lower self doesn't know that it has the tools of higher self coming in and working with it, right? And we all want to, in self-development, bypass right to the higher self, take the bridge right to the divine realm. But instead, there's a journey along the way. And it's like, if we can honor that journey, that's the whole reason I believe that we are here on the planet. And so just honoring where we are, and it's like, oh, you're feeling the fear. You're really scared. Oh, let's go deep. What does this mean? It's never going to work out. I'm, I'm totally unworthy, and I'm never going to be loved, right? That's the deepest wound of all humans pretty much alive on the planet. And so then you're like, oh, I hear you. You're really scared. And just allowing it a chance to be heard. And then you can allow higher self to come in like it's talking to a five-year-old because that's usually what it is, right? The little girl or little boy self in us. And it's like, can I take your hand and just show you moments where we were here before and we made it through? That we have everything within us, in us to meet this moment? I know we're scared, but like we can be with anything because what it is, is that we have these nervous systems that are so overwhelmed and so compromised. And so it's time for us to learn how to nourish our system. And that's the bridge that gets us to the divine realm. Can I be with me, all parts of me, even the parts of me that I want to stuff down and distract and eat away or drink away or busy away or work away. And I know we can all relate, right? I'm look at that. It's too scary. It's too uncomfortable. But I think right now, as we are on this mass awakening, we are being asked not just to, to see what's happening in the world, but to see what's happening on the interior. Do you relate to that? Absolutely. When we sit with whatever it is that's happening around us or in us, we have the ability to allow that part to have a seat at the table. Is it my little girl that needs to be hugged and loved or does she need to just throw a temper tantrum 
And do I need to allow her to do that? Is it my anger that needs to yell and scream at the table for a moment? They don't need to control the table, but sometimes they need a seat at the table so that they can know they are seen and heard and a part of me. And I am okay with that. That is so beautifully put. And that's it. See, this is the integration piece that again, a lot of work is missing. But now that I'm aware of it, of course, I see it everywhere. It's in the gene keys. It's in human design. It's in Danielle Laporte's work. It's in Panache Desai, who's a great teacher and mentor of mine. It's like, this is what he was trying to say to me two years ago, Michelle. He was my coach for a year. And I was like, what are you saying? I, you know, I couldn't get it. I was, I just wasn't ready. But he would say, when you can learn to embrace everything and be in the present moment with whatever's coming up and not drink it away, eat it away, busy it away, put the mask on and say, look at me, I'm so successful, right? All of that, the identities that are a representative that wants to say, I'm just going to put this out in the world and then I don't have to look at all of this, which is what I'm trying to numb out. And I, and I didn't get in. And then this past year, I was just ready. I didn't even know that I was ready, but like woke up. And so this is the piece. Oh my God, Kristen. And what's so beautiful about what you just shared is that The gift in this is that we don't have to have it be a destination. It's not an outcome. You don't just get there one day and arrive and like, I'm good, fully integrated, fully embodied. It's a lifelong devotion to be in a constant state of inquiry. To be in curiosity and wonder, because life is all about discovery. It's the journey and adventure of the life that we're living. We're here to provide each other support within this life adventure that we're in. We're here to share with each other so that you don't have to be afraid alone. You can be afraid with me. We're here so that as people, as sisters, we can guide each other because we each have something to offer. There are days when I sit in the anxiety what have I done? (laughs) Who am I to do this? Who am I to provide these retreats? Who am I to be a facilitator? Who am I to be a guide or a coach or a mentor? Well, who am I not? I've been through it. I've done it. I've had it. I'm here to show you that you can get through it too. You have someone who can take your hand. You have someone who can hold your heart or your space, or your time. And you know, it's so honest what you just shared. And this is the level of true sisterhood, true intimacy, true human, like awakening humanity. It's like less mask on, less about the proving, the performing, the pushing, the doing, more about the being. And I mean, like, I don't mean like being and doing nothing and expecting all of the results. I mean, really being with yourself and allowing yourself to be seen and not like the fake version of yourself that's being seen. Because I've always been on this mission, right? Like I'm here to help facilitate you to be seen and heard, but I didn't fully understand what that meant until I allowed myself to be seen and heard this past year, like mask off, vulnerability on. I mean, against all odds, you know, being canceled, being deplatformed, being censored, losing it all, my business, friends, relationships. 
And it was such a mandate of my soul that I was willing to be curious about and willing to answer. And it was scary. It was totally scary. But the more that I did that, the more that I felt like, oh my God, this is what it means to actually be authentic. And I'm creating a spaciousness within my my beingness to be with it even then more deeply. And then you start to magnetize either in friendship, community, clients, you know, participants in your programs, your retreats, like, they're like, yes, that's where I want to live too. It's real. I love and respect and honor so much your willingness to be who you are. Absolutely 100% true to who you are, no matter the consequences outside of that. The strength and the courage and the endurance that you've shown just reinforces with me that it is okay to be who I am, to remember that I've not always been the perfect person. I've not always been the kindest person. I can think back to times when I don't even know who that person was, but good God, why would you want to work with me? And to be able to embody that truth, but not say that that's who I am today. You know, it's being a victor, not a victim. It's not blaming anyone but my own self, but allowing for not the blame, but the ownership. I don't have to go, I'm all wrong, or I'm all bad, or I'm all of anything other than I all own me. Every single part of me, I am 100% responsible, and I'm going to stand in my truth. And those that are ready will hear me. Yes, beautifully said. You know, it reminds me of a, of a Rumi quote, you know, Rumi, the uh, poet from the 16th, I think 16th century. And I'm probably not going to get this verbatim, but it's something like, as you live deeper in the heart, the mirror gets cleaner and clearer. It's what you just said. What you said was beautiful, but it reminds me of that because I remember I did this uh, ayahuasca um, retreat a few months back. And Rumi was all over my journeys. You know, Mama Ayahuasca and Rumi were like working with me and it was all heart opening medicine. And it was to be so honest. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, okay. But you know what I've realized since is like, this is just a knowing for me. I'm not suggesting that it needs to be anyone else's. But what I'm open to now, aware of and know now, is that I'm here to evolve my consciousness. That's why I'm on the planet at this time. And so this victim to ownership is an evolution. It's the bridge. But remember, there's no destination. We're always really in the divine realm. That's just the truth of who we are. It's where we came from. It's where we're going back to. And it's what we can embody. I love that you use the word embody, to really live it, to be it, to feel it on the inside that nobody can actually see and prove that it happened. And we know vibes. It's like, doesn't matter what someone's saying. I can feel vibration and they can feel mine. So they know when I'm BSing or putting on the mask. And, oh man, that was a very big realization for me in my awakening this past year. It's like, oh my God, going back through the post or all my photos, not with judgment, but just like with compassion of like, 
oh, wow, that's what you used to share on social. Well, that's what you used to put out as your representative, all because you didn't know how to be with the massive anxiety and the fear around it that you were never good enough. Who am I to be doing this? It's like it was all going to collapse at any moment, like a fraud. Like, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know the words I mean. But now it's like, oh, my gosh, it's all an evolution. And it gets so nuanced. And it's almost imperceptible to me but that tiny, tiny little shift in my consciousness, in my awareness, in my compassion for me and others, it feels like it's a hundred years of growth as a human. Does it for you? It does. It really does. You know, right before I had the diagnosis of cancer, I had a spiritual awakening. It's the only way I can describe it. And I have always believed that we go into, and I, I had not heard the, the word Akashic Records before, but I was told that what I was describing was the Akashic Records, but I always called it the library of, of challenges. And before we come into this life, we go into the library of challenges and we choose our challenge. For me, I have this vision of going around with a grocery cart <laughs> I want this challenge and I want this person and I want this parent and this child and this brother, sister, whatever. This body, color of skin. Yes. This language, this nationality, this time on the planet. Totally. Yes, exactly. And I want these things because these are the lessons I want to learn. And these are the things that I want to be able to pass on, guide someone through, help someone else, be able to show, be able to embody however it is that it may work for me at the time. And then you come into this world. And as you grow, as you go through your challenges, you start to remember that you chose these. I wanted this. I may not like this. This may feel horrible. This may be what I think just soul killing when really it's soul enlivening. It's the growth ability. And it's what we choose to do with those challenges while we're here that changes for me in my thought process, changes how our soul then is met again in the infinite. Yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent. There are different ways to look at it. Akashic records that very much lands for me could also be called karma. It could also be called your purpose. And this is where it gets really tricky within like the world of self-development, not judging it. Like I said, you love it and participate in it, contribute to it. But um, in the world of where we are now as a society, especially in that space, it's like we're being demanded to know our purpose that's somehow attached to our livelihood and that it needs a big audience and a lot of money. And then that's how you've actually fulfilled your purpose. When what if our purpose is how we respond to these lessons, this karma that we wanted to experience? And are we refining and evolving our consciousness that would then grow our soul so that we don't have to come back and do this part again, or wouldn't don't need to, right? It's like, here's the rub though. Most, I would say most, I don't really know. How do I know? Most on the planet forgot this agreement, right? 
And so it's like, why me? Why this? You know, all of it. Why my body? Why my parents? Why that spouse? Why this hardship that just seems to have been there my whole life? And I've got them too. We all have our themes. And by the way, they are never going to go away. It's never going to go away just because you're aware of it. But the more that you can give it spaciousness and love on it that shows up as lower self, inner child, shadow self, the more that you refine it, refine it, and you create a new blueprint that I would call sovereign. And it's just, it smooths it out so that your trip across the bridge, just to stick with the analogy that I didn't know we would have for this conversation, is a little more enjoyable. It's a little more like, ah, I'm so grateful that I'm getting this. Wow. And then soul, I always imagine is like, we look at us. Well, let's stick with this bridge analogy. And how many times have you gone across a bridge and stopped in the middle to enjoy the view? It might be a river running under it. It might be a road of cars that are driving under it. It could be, you know, a mountain pass. There are so many things to enjoy along that bridge. We're not just trying to get from one side to the next. We're enjoying every step along the way. Even when we trip, even when we fall on our face or our butts, you know, (laughs) wherever. It's just we forget to enjoy all of the pieces and the parts because we're always looking to where's the next place I need to be or I've got to get to the other side because that's where the happiness and the joy is. And the joy is in the journey. Yeah. You know, you're reminding me of something that is also true for me because I said, yeah, I've stopped at every bridge. I'm like, nope, that's not true. All of a sudden I had all these memories of the times that I have like sprinted across the bridge because I was afraid to be on the bridge. And I was going to the other side of the bridge for safety, for security, for survival. And so how many times in life are we in that state? You know what I mean? And it's like, oh man, but I was always safe on that bridge. So what if our entire life's journey is the bridge? Well, you know, there's that quote from Christianity that the walking across the sand poem, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but all those steps that are single are when I carried you. That's what a bridge is. It's carrying you across something. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Love that. We're always held. Yes. And this is why it's just so beautiful for me to be here and to be in this conversation. I had no idea that we had this also in harmony, right? And I would say that like it's a resonance, like it's an alignment, it's a meeting of the soul. Yeah, chills. (laughs) And so I don't know about you, Kristen, but where I am right now in my journey is I want to honor what I wanted. Like not from personality, Michelle, white woman living in the LA area with all these accomplishments and, you know, all these things that this is supposed to be who I am. It's like, no, who I am is none of that. It's all on the inside. It's all an internal game. That's the eternal flame that will go on forever. And so it's like right now, this past year in my journey of the soul, my spiritual awakening, which I didn't know it was that in the beginning, and it ultimately has led me to a spiritual awakening that will be forever, right? You don't just kind of get it. Uh, it's a deep, but it's like this past few months, even I'm like, 
I don't want to die. It's not about like the regrets and like, you didn't love, you didn't live. You d-. It's like, you didn't know. I want to know. I'm so passionate about this. I want to know who I really am. And that's a beautiful teaching from Ram Dass. You can find it everywhere. It's And he's been such a special guide to me, for me this past year. Who am I really? It's so beautiful when you can actually just start to listen and no distractions and heart, you know, with your hand on it and just like breathe into that space. And it's not always there. We're also going to have moments of like, we're out there and we're, you know, doing things in the 3D world, but it's like, but who am I? I'm not my accomplishments or titles or identities. I'm a soul that came here to learn these things. And so when I'm tripped up and full of fear, like I was yesterday for a moment, can I be with that so that it doesn't overwhelm me? And then I just perpetuate a lifelong pattern where I am right now is I want to really like, let's like, let's close up some of these loops. I totally and completely get you on that. Absolutely. It's, you said something a little earlier that resoned with me. And that was the anxiety piece that so many people are feeling right now. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine that she was talking about her anxiety. And then we were talking about the global anxiety. And then I got this aha click in my head and I went, wait a minute, this past year, I have felt anxiety like I have never felt in my entire life. I have had moments of anxiety, don't get me wrong, but this was like so absolutely overwhelming, encompassing, like this huge tightening of barbed wire, I guess is about the best way I could describe it. And I thought it was the chemo that had done that because chemo changes your brain pattern so much. And so I just kind of pushed it off to that, not realizing that the whole planet is feeling this overwhelming anxiety and being able to sit with that and just allow the anxiety to play out like any other overwhelming emotion is just going to wash over us and wash away if we allow it, but we have to really be willing to sit with ourselves and understand this is not who we are. It is just a moment in time. Our flame, as you said, is who we are and understanding and knowing that flame allows the rest of it to just kind of dissipate and we can find our way to joy. We can find our way to the positivity of life. But all of those who are feeling anxiety right now, it is a global phenomenon that has come through this pandemic, this sudden limit that we have that's been imposed upon us through this source of lack that we don't really have. We're not lacking anything, but we go to a grocery store and there's shelves that are missing stuff. They're empty. That's never happened in our lifetime. Our grandparents, grandparents, yes, but ours, no. And so we see it as lacking. We see it as a limit 
to what we can have. We can only have two things of toilet paper or two things of paper towels at this particular grocery store. And so we feel like we have to go in six times so that we can buy six packages of toilet paper and have 20 packages at our house at all given time. So this anxiety that we are all feeling is just an emotion that will dissipate. Yeah, And of course, I am not a psychologist. Please, if you need professional help, seek that out. It is a wonderful thing to be able to have that therapy and ability to work with someone to get through what you cannot get through yourself. But know that we are all in this together. There's so much that you just shared there that's really beautiful and deeply meaningful for me because this is part of the mission that I'm on. It's to help people awaken to the fact that we don't have to be in that programmed state of fear and anxiety that's very deliberate. And it's dividing us and separating us and polarizing us like never before. We've never experienced this. So even those of us who've been somewhat conscious or we thought, right, we're experiencing these surges of anxiety and fear that feels, in the words of one of my private clients, he's like, I'm having crazy thoughts, Michelle. These are the darkest thoughts I've ever felt. When you described it as barbed wire, I'm like, oh, wow, that is so visceral, right? And so people think that there's a lot of people can think that it's hopeless, So what I just want to offer, I know we ain't psychologists here either, but I would offer one thing, absolutely unplug from mainstream media and the news and legacy media and corporate media. It is deliberately keeping people in a panic matrix. And so that was one of the gifts that I gave to myself over a year ago. I just completely unplugged. I went cold turkey on all of that. You know, if you want to go a little bit deeper and you want to learn how to reign supreme over a nourished system versus nervous system, just what can we do, right? How can we be responsible for our experience and not just say, well, I know everyone has this. And yes, I do too. By the way, I do too. Very much so. But I know I have to be so vigilant with my mind and be aware of what I'm plugging into and what I'm ingesting. So like I let go of the alcohol, I let go of excessive food, I let go of certain friendships that had a status and a hierarchy that looked really good on social, but it was plugging me more into a lot of bypassing, a lot of fear, a lot of proving, a lot of that, right? So when I allowed myself to just be with all that, without that numbing and programming, then I was left with, oh shit, now I got to take a look at what's happening on the inside. But at least I could be responsible for my own experience and not know why is this happening? Well, because you got the TV on seven hours a day and it's like your best friend and you don't realize that it's just invoking fear and panic and anxiety. So it's just one thing to suggest. Not everyone listening is going to go for it, but you might want to just try it for one week and see how do you feel without that on the background? I am with you 100%. My wife is a avid news and television watcher. I will close the door. I can't do it. I don't want to see it on my phone. So I don't have anything that says breaking news. It absolutely makes me crazy to watch the news no matter what it is. I'm also, because of the cancer, have been unable to drink. It causes way too much, as I call, I have my stomach and my throat now because when they redid all of that esophagus, they used the stomach to rebuild it. 
So all the acid producers are up here in my throat. And so if I drink, it just explodes like fire. So what's the point of that, right? And then, <laughs> what a blessing. Right? It totally was. I wasn't a huge drinker after I was probably in my late 40s just because I I was a diabetic and alcohol is full of sugar. And so for me, I just wasn't that big of a drinker. But it was absolutely an amazing change not having that as a, oh, well, I'll have a couple of glasses of wine while she watches the news. Now I say, no, I'll put my earphones on and I'll listen to a podcast or (laughs) I'll listen to a book. Yeah, she can watch that. That's fine. That's all good. I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah, but it's the last two and a half years, you know, the world as we knew it, it is gone. There is no going back to anything that we once knew. And I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people that they're feeling this anxiety at the levels that we're talking about, not fully conscious to that. So they're eating it away or working it away or smoking or drinking it away or distracting it away, right? And they don't know why they have all this rage that seems to be not theirs or these surges, like I said, of this this rush of, of fear and anxiety that is like, whoa, it feels so dark and so deep. And then you're like, okay, that's just unregulated emotions. And so I got to learn to be with it because the drinking and the eating and the working and the bypassing is not sustainable. No, it's not. And people are getting fatter and sicker and suicide is on the rise by over 550% in this past year. I mean, it's, it's really interesting just to kind of step back with compassion and an awareness around like, where am I in this? If I can be honest. And how can I take better care of my soul, my experience? And then can I be a good steward to help those that are really suffering that are in my immediate environment? Not by telling them they should do any differently, but by embodying this beautiful vibration and maybe without attachment, others will begin to see that there is another way. And sometimes, like you said, we have to let go of relationships because they can't hear, they can't see. It's not now. It's just not the time for them. And to understand that when we let those things go, that opens the door for other things. It's hard, it's painful, and it's a beautiful transition when you allow it. Yeah. I'd like to share with you, I know we're, we're going to wrap soon, but I'd like to share with you another awareness that came to me so loud and clear, especially this past year. And it's that when I started to notice that so many And it was more then than it is now. There really is a great awakening that's happening on the globe. But when so many just couldn't see what I thought was so obvious, of course, I remember the the time when I couldn't see it. And then what happened is, is I realized that I'm not here to wake anyone else up. I'm actually just here to wake myself up more deeply, which is why this devotion to who am I really, right? Who am I? That this is what this is about. And then I get to share that beautiful frequency with others. But what I started to become aware of and present to is, Those who can't see it, that's the contract of their soul. That's the bridge they're on. That's what they agreed to. And what if in their own journey and crossing their own bridge, 
is a gift for me to open up with compassion, understanding, acceptance, that we're not all supposed to see what seems so obvious. And by the way, I am sure there are so many people in the world that can see things that I just can't see. (laughs) So there's that. So it's like, because now where I am currently in my just consciousness, I'm like, what I know now, and I'm learning to embody, it seems like it's everywhere, all over the internet, right? And on podcasts and on books, and I'm like devouring it. And I'm like, I couldn't see this last year, but now it's everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the way that it goes. So how beautiful is it that we can all just honor our our bridges and everyone else's bridges and just knowing that it's also perfectly divine. I'm doing the retreat in December and it's called I Do Me. And it really truly is all about you do you and I'll do me because your journey is yours. Our journeys may come together for a time and there may be a time that our journeys separate and go our own separate ways. But it's your journey to have however you have it. And I honor that. And boy, let me tell you, there was a time when I could get on my salt box and I would preach what I believed, you know, and you better turn yours around because mine's right and yours is wrong. <laughs> you know? And that's not true. It's your journey however you have it. And I love you and honor you no matter what that journey is. And then there's the discernment around, okay, that's your journey. I love you and I honor you and I don't have to spend any time with you. Because that's what's happening in families, in partnerships, relationships, in communities, in countries, amongst humanity right now at global scale, right? And it's like, these are the rules. And what I'm more present to now is it's not about left versus right, blue versus red, light versus dark, because there's that whole conversation. These are the 5D codes, right? This is the ascension guarantee. Right? (laughs) And I'm like, how about we all just allow everyone to be knowing that everyone is on the perfect journey of their soul. They're crossing their bridge, but I don't have to spend any time with you. And it's just so beautiful. Right. Exactly. I can spend time with you because I really enjoy you, but I don't have to agree with what you think or how you're, whatever you're blue, red, black, white, doesn't matter. Or I can choose not to. It's our choice and choice should be universal. Well, that's what I have been saying. Yeah. Medical sovereignty, personal sovereignty, political sovereignty, cultural sovereignty, sexual sovereignty. It's like, let everyone be. All these rules are coming in that seem so bizarre of how we're even supposed to refer to a person. I don't get caught up in any of that. I say I'm a sovereign being who thinks for herself. I'm not going to do that because that is the current cool thing that's trending in the far left. But that used to be my identity. So I can have compassion for myself that once thought that was the only way, that was the progressive right thing to do. And it's like, now it's like, I'm just going to try to figure out what's happening on the interior of my being and think and feel for myself, which is why I don't watch the TV anymore. I could live my whole life just like, what's happening on the inside? That's an epic novel. (laughs) That's a thriller of novels, a love story in others, a wild adventure. I mean, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. 
It totally is. It's like, for me, I call it my Dungeons and Dragons game. Totally. Yes. There's garden fairies, though. I mean, like, sometimes it's sacred geometry. I'm like, man, what a cool experience to be on this planet and to get to experience life. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It really is. It truly, truly is. Oh, thank you so much for being here, Michelle, and for this conversation. What absolutely amazing conversation. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, I can't wait for the next time. Mm, thank you. Me too. Me too. And I want to thank our audience for being here today with Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar with Michelle Soro? You have been an absolutely ultimate guest. I just am so, so honored that you agreed to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so glad we got to do this. It was divinely timed. It's wonderful to meet you on the bridge, my friend. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Roar with Sparks. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We can be reached at www.wrarinc.com. Thank you again, and we can't wait to see you here next week. How loud is your roar?